Welcome to AI Studios, a new podcast about the explosion of generative AI. We're holding a series of conversations about the latest in the field with some of the brightest creators, builders, researchers, and thinkers. My name is Natalia Barina. The following is a conversation with Jason Allen, the president and CEO of Art Incarnate. Jason created and entered an AI-generated painting titled Théâtre d'Opera Spécial, which won first place at the Colorado State Fair under the digital art category. Théâtre d'Opera Spécial sparked controversy and garnered worldwide attention, making it one of the most recognized pieces of AI artwork ever created. So for anyone that doesn't know, Théâtre d'Opera Spécial is a painting that is celebrated in the kind of up-and-coming AI art community. So it's gone viral. People are using it everywhere. Startups in the Valley, and Jason, I don't know if you know this, but Startups in the Valley are printing it out, framing it, putting on <laughs> putting on their walls everywhere. It's just, uh, it's, it's a marvelous piece of art. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd love to start off by learning a little bit about you. Um, we had chatted before once. I understand you've run a games business for over 10 years. How did you how did you get started using Midjourney and all this AI art? Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm Jason M. Allen. And yeah, I am the founder and CEO of Incarnate Games Incorporated, which is a tabletop board game company. A lot of people confuse me for being a video game designer, and I think that's because of the nature of AI and using the technology to create art. But I have developed video games in the past, I just didn't create a company around it. But... um, I uh, recent, more recently started Art Incarnate, which is a uh, new company specifically revolving around AI completions and art. And there's going to be announcements. Um, my website's up now, and we're getting things, we're plugging away, getting things set up. But yeah, that company was founded shortly after my win at the Colorado State Fair. Uh, of course, I'm the guy that won the uh, fine art contest at the Colorado State Fair with Teatro de Opera Espacial. It's a famous piece. Everyone's seen it. It's kind of, it's kind of surreal um, to yeah. talk to anybody and they've seen it. Nobody, you know, like... I haven't run into someone that I show this to who I don't know personally that didn't say, oh, yeah, I saw that. And it's like, wow, you know, that's, well, I made that. How did so, you get the idea? I, uh, I want to know, how did you come up with it and how did you get started? Well, right. So I started at the beginning of 2022, we started seeing AI completions. I call them completions because it's the most accurate term in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew what it was I was ignoring it I didn't really I wasn't compelled to look into it further I kept seeing it though you know and I'm like I, kn- mm-hmm. I know what it is they're using AI to make these but I'm mm-hmm. just like looking the other way and then around March I started seeing artwork that I've never seen like ever in my lifetime and I'm I'm fairly appreciative of art. Like, I've kind of made inroads with a lot of artists, and I've commissioned mm-hmm. artists, and I love artists, and I've looked at a lot of art. So, for me to have seen pieces that I've <laughs> never, ever seen in my lifetime, that's like a full stop scenario for me. I'm like, I have to see what this is and what this is about. And the most compelling images I was seeing was out of Mid Journey. It just had the right aesthetic to me. Um, so I started playing around with like Starry AI and Night Night Cafe, 
<laughs> and I'm sorry about that. No worries. But, um, so I was, uh, wanting to try Midjourney the most, and there was a waiting list. It was essentially, uh, in beta still. So, uh, a lady from Twitter was kind enough to give me a beta key, so I was essentially two to three weeks ahead of when I was actually going to get the invite, and I'm finally on Midjourney. Now, I'm finally on Midjourney, mm-hmm. and I'm like a kid in the candy store, right? So, uh, I just jump right in, start testing, extensive testing. That's just my analytical mind, my my game design mind, you know, how everything yep. is ABC, one, two, three, very methodical. Um, yep. So I realized uh, that there was no online, there, was, there wasn't a lot of online resources for Midjourney specifically. So I created this guide called the uh, the artist's visual style encyclopedia. Oh, is it? And okay. huh? Go ahead. Well, no, I'm just saying uh, I'll take notes and, and share it later with, with people. And is it still it's still up, right? No, it was. No, it's not. You it's took still, it out. <laughs> so no, I didn't take it down. Google took it down. Uh, Google took it down. Uh-huh. Interesting. So they have anti-solicitation, anti-mass solicitation policies. Mm. So I was, I already had sort of made a name for Sincarnate. That's me on Discord. So everyone knew Sincarnate as the guy that made this. And there was just like at any one time, there was 50 to 100 people on my spreadsheet. Uh, Using this, I had over 700 artists in there Mm -hmm. that I, you know, made ham-fisted these artists artwork by Leonardo da Vinci artwork by you know Pablo Picasso or whatever it is but you know a ton of artists mm-hmm. living and dead right so all I'm doing is trying to find the artist styles that work on Midjourney because stability AI or wait was it stability diffusion I don't use that one. Is stable that what it's diffusion. Stable yeah. diffusion. <laughs> so I mean, I, I don't, think there I, is stability.ai. There's stability.ai right. as well as like um, site. So they had a list of all mm-hmm. the things that would work on their platform, but Midjourney didn't. So I made it. And it ended up being incorporated into Midjourney's documentation. And uh, then I won, you know? But, I mean, we, we could get into, like, the whole story of how that occurred, and I don't know if you want me to tell that, tell you that No, now. yeah, I would love that, and I'm, I'm very interested. I, you know, in my use of Midjourney, I feel like it gets addictive after a while. It just, it's so compelling and so interesting as you play around, but I want to hear about your experience. The one thing that really struck me that I read somewhere, I want to confirm, is that you took a copious amount of time uh, crafting your prompts. So this is the 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 actual piece of work that you produced uh, is something that took a very long time. But I, I want to learn more from you about what was that process like? Um, how long did, did it take? Just like how you thought about it? <laughs> All of those things. Right. I was in like this deep testing mode. So this has been going on for two, three weeks where I'm creating this encyclopedia, but I'm also doing these tests. And a lot of that is, you know, me trying to create a composition with the right color and balance and lighting and no particular subject matter. I just want it to look a certain way. Like, whatever that is, I constantly am tweaking it and finding out what works, what doesn't mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I'm playing around with it, too, at the same time. Just, yep. you know, sometimes silly things, sometimes interesting things. But mostly, I was focused on my testing in that encyclopedia. Once I finished with the, with the guide, uh, I was sort of half in, half out in a hypnagogic state one day, kind of half a half daydreaming half dreaming sleep and i started imagine imagining dreaming these women in victorian dresses wearing space helmets and i'm 
I'm like, I've never seen that before. I'm, you know, I personally, I've never seen anything like that. That would be interesting. And it sort of ties into a certain aesthetic and philosophical view that I discovered along the way. So I just realized, oh, I could, I could see that in mid journey, right? I can start uh, maybe putting some content together, subject matter into my tests. And that's how space opera theater was born. So I refined a prompt, which started, you know, really big and I kept refining it and refining it down to a much smaller prompt. And when I finally had it, the, the award-winning prompt is the one that, uh, kept giving, giving and giving and giving. So I'm creating hundreds and hundreds of images. Just every single completion is an amazing piece that I, you know, enjoyed. And around that, around that time, I wanted to share it with people, you know, but I had gone private because I'd already done a lot of contribution to the community on Discord, but I paid for private. So I'm using, well, they call it stealth mode now. And it's because I saw the writing on the wall. I'm kind of bifurcating right now. I saw the I saw the writing on the wall because I've had um, I've been through intellectual property cases myself, and so one of the very first thoughts that I had is how are people gonna protect their work? It's a public online thing, and yeah, I get it. A lot of people, like David Holtz, talks about we're just wanting to create something beautiful in the world, and. Um, you know, just have fun and be happy and share with everybody. I'm like, okay, that's great. I don't have anything against that, but if there's something specific that I want to use proprietarily or commercially or whatever, I really have no recourse as far as remedies to protect myself if this is all just going to be what? In the public domain? What's going on here, you know? So I, 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 that was the first thing I noticed right away that there's no, there's no way to protect yourself other than just by not sharing it. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't share any of my space opera theater images until the state fair. So, and I just yeah, to double ahead. click on, just to double click on that very, very, is it you that that reluctance to share was that because you just felt like it was kind of your baby <laughs> and you didn't didn't want it to be used in a way that you had not intended um is that where the concern is coming from how do you think about that yeah that's definitely part of it um i uh I have I had already I'd already seen and especially this was especially um a thing back when this all first started is people asking what's the prompt what's the prompt what's the prompt you know like that was a pretty common thing it's not as common anymore I think that's because people are starting to understand and see the things that that are happening in a similar way that I do you know like Oh, I can, you know, make a business out of this. Oh, I can, you know, develop characters or stories with this. You know, why does anybody protect their work? Why does anybody have register copyrights? Why does anybody, you know, it's because it's yours. You made it. You want to be recognized for it. So I put all this work in. Uh, and then I just don't get acknowledged for it. No, I mean, that's like... <laughs> I don't know. We're, we're social beings. We like to have interactions with people and, you know, to appreciate others and things like that. It's not all just about money, but obviously money is a very important yeah. thing. Is it? You want <laughs> it ownership. This is yeah. definitely how I feel whenever I create something. I want ownership of it because yeah. I've invested so much of myself. Um, which I think the other thing I wanted to touch on, we were discussing a little bit earlier, is like what what inspired you? If, did you feel, and, and in particular, um, the one quote I remember from you is, "I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I felt like I was demonically inspired, like some otherworldly force was involved." I just thought this was so interesting. Right. So, the, just to just to clarify, I was saying it was demonically inspired, right? I wasn't saying I was demonically inspired. Yeah, uh, got it. But 
Um, yeah, that's uh, certainly still a feeling that I get. And when, you know, when inspiration hits you and it sort of takes over the creative process, that's, that's special. And there's something interesting and to be said about that. Uh, you know, I like to open, I, I, you know, I don't want to sound, I like to open people's minds. Okay. Like I've just been this way my whole life. I want to share something with you that you've never thought about before and have it change your worldview. Like I want to completely, um, blow your mind, right? Whoever it is that I'm talking to. And I've just, I've always been that way with my, with my friends and colleagues and family. And it's because I don't know what inspires me is maybe the unseen, the spiritual, the unknown, you know, the, the secrets on, you know, secret truths or the mysteries of the universe, things like that. Uh, yeah, it's just, so I'm always contemplating on these types of ethereal topics and, uh, that ends up translating into fantasy is this is like, you know, I have these elaborate fantasy stories and I come up with these, I dream up these really large narratives. I'm a big picture guy. Um, that I'll, but I'll hire artists and novelists to portray these stories and tell these, um, like my graphic novel, Ascended Kings, Fall of Impernia. The, it was a companion guide to the the board game Ascended Kings of the same name. And, you know, I just, I don't know why I'm like that. I just, I've always been inspired by fantasy, science fiction, and like I was saying, these... Un, the unknown. The unknown is um, compelling to me. And uh, so that translates into my work. Yeah. Um, so f yeah. I have two follow-up questions on that. Sure. Um, the first one is, do, is there a bigger narrative that you see around the piece um, in Teatro d'Opera Special? Is, is there a greater story or <laughs> how do you, yeah. or do you think of it as a, you know, a, a moment in time? Sure. Yeah. So I think there's a bigger story philosophically. And what I, what I mean by that is, um, Space opera theater is a way for us to look into the past in an effort to see our present future. So what I what I mean by like that is what if we could travel back in time, let's say, to the great pre-Raphaelite, Renaissance, Impressionist, Falvian, uh, you know, all the past great art movements and painters and show them a future that we right now are predicting, okay? So the future of our present being shown to the great artists of the past, how would they represent, how would they portray that? And now we have a method by which we can do so. Uh, that's unbelievable to me. That's probably one of the most fascinating, compelling things that I ran across that I could create using Midjourney or any other AI tool, right? Because the only way that you can experience that is right now, is right now in our modern time where we are currently, can we experience something like that? And so that's exciting to me. And it's, you know, part of a bigger story in that we're experiencing the, uh, development and, uh, new yeah. art movement that AI presents to us now. So, I mean, like, it's it's awesome. I can't get enough of it. And I can't yeah. wait to share it all with everybody. I, I feel like I've always had some creative drive, <laughs> but I ended up going down more technical math and software engineering route. But now with these tools, I feel inspired to, to create and build things and think about it, telling a narrative in a very visual way. So that really resonates with me. Um, so the other thing I wanted to touch on, well, there's two things. Um, one is maybe we can cover your, your greater in, like inspiration after this question. But the, the, the question is, 
what was I would love to hear about your experience, uh, you know, putting the work out there Mm -hmm. and the response you received, because I know it's both positive and negative. But how like what happened after it came out? Sure. Yeah. So back to where where we were, I was uh, picking my top three and I printed those out on canvas at a local print shop. And um, I just want to reiterate that when I enrolled these pieces, they were, uh, it was disclosed that I used AI, right? That was the initial big pushback that everyone was uh, raging about was that, you know, oh, they found out that they caught you using AI later. Uh, No. So uh, when I enrolled the pieces, I put by Jason M. Excuse me, by Jason M. Allen via Midjourney. Clearly, I have the receipts. I mean, if I had to prove that, I could easily. Uh, and then also, when I submitted these three pieces that I chose out of the thousands, hundreds, if not thousands, of images, uh, they asked me and talked to me about it. And you know, they were saying, "Did you make this with your computer?" And I said. Yeah, I made these with my computer on Midjourney, and they said, okay, then it needs to be in the digital art category. I guess I made some mistake with the application. I've never entered an art contest before. So, uh, you know, it's not my – people were like, oh, well, he used a Lamborghini to, in a, to win a foot race. <laughs> it's like – and? So, like, it wasn't against the rules. You're just – complaining about the efficiency and power of the technology or are you saying yeah because there is like what happened is the entre du Prespecial the day before uh the fair opened they had this artist soiree and i went there and i as i was walking around looking at all the pieces i found um sorry about that i found um my two other pieces and I couldn't find Teatro di Pespacial and then when I finally ran into it I could see the blue ribbon next to it and I just I couldn't believe it so I turned around and walked away at first because uh I was in like shocked and I was just smiling from ear to ear I walked back and yep sure enough there it was blue ribbon first place so um yeah shortly after that we started seeing so I had been on a month hiatus from Discord Midjourney and I came back and I'm like, hey guys, look at this. This is what I was working on, you know, for the month that I haven't been online and I won first place and someone clipped that off of Discord, posted it on Twitter, Vice picked it up and the rest is history. So a lot of pushback. It went viral in a bad way, but um, it was fortunate. I think for for me, so I'm not complaining about it. I actually want to help people understand that the position or perspective that they have about this is most likely incorrect or misguided because that's what I've seen in my experience with this is just a lot of willful ignorance and or uh, vulnerable narcissism and I'm not going to be shy about that. Artists, we understand, have are a certain type of... There's certain type of people that are in the art community that um, are very um, nasty about uh, approaching other people's work. It almost feels like artists hate each other. That's sort of been my takeaway from this, and that's terrible to say. Uh, obviously, that's not an indictment on all artists... Mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. a whole but when we compare this with the tech community it's a very different story the tech community loves what i did they are in celebration of ai and this technology and they have no issue with what i made in fact they're praising it and they want it and they you know thank me for it so what's the where's the catalyst what's the difference where's the termination point between the tech community and the art community well, I think it's it. The problem is community, um, but yeah, 
Uh, yeah, this is a this is a really great topic and one in, that we had covered. So I had two prior conversations about this by people who are both artists and tech people at the same time. Mm-hmm. So we had Mark Himion, who is uh, he does oil paintings, but he also happens to be a designer. Um, uh, and then, yeah, so we've had a couple of people and um, the, the general consensus seemed to be that, well, you develop skills over a long time that are your drawing skills. And now, you know, that usually takes a very long time to perfect to produce if you're doing it by hand whereas if you have these ai tools you just (laughs) can do it instantly and so that's it's some of the visceral reaction um but anyway um well actually i want to comment on that yes please do there's i don't see how that's a problem i still don't see how that's a problem i don't see how it's a thing that you could push back against and say that it's bad or wrong Leonardo da Vinci did that. Rembrandt did that. You're talking about, uh, they didn't have the technology that we had today, but Rembrandt would, he carved out these plates. Uh, I, I haven't seen it myself, but I was reading about it yesterday where he could essentially reproduce his, mass produce his work, you know, almost like a, a sort of, I might've been some kind of tracing device or whatever. <laughs> Uh, then he also used mirrors and um, yeah, ways this is to exactly increase the the productivity, like almost automating the process. And then Da Vinci used literal people, and so did Michelangelo. He you know taught them how he does his style, and then he just turned them loose on, hey, I don't want to do this field of flowers, you do it. So, this is exactly what we talked about in a conversation with Sean Burns. And he, I didn't realize I don't have an art background, but this is exactly the same thing he mentioned. They used mirrors for tracing and an army of help, helpers mm-hmm. who, would, who would help uh, basically fill in different portions of ginormous artwork. Um, right. Yeah. And yeah. now we have a tool called AI that we can use to automate and increase your workflow of your process. And there's a lot of artists that are doing that. And it is they who are going to be creating the new industries who are going to be producing more work, who are going to be making more money than those who are just sitting around and complaining about it all day. If you can't uh, see the new opportunity in emerging technologies, or if you can't get behind progress and if you're against the most powerful human form of freedom, human freedom of exp- the most powerful form of the human freedom of expression <laughs> that we've ever seen in our entire lives. Uh, you're going to be threatened by it. You know, like that's just how it is. So that's what we're seeing. And I am so over it because we've watched this happen with every art movement throughout all history. I've studied into it. It's miraculous. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I would love to know what's what's next. Do you have any plans for the piece? Any continuation of the work, or um, what are your your what are your plans going yeah, forward? So, Space Opera Theater is part of a larger body of work, and um, as many people have noticed, I haven't been releasing any follow up pieces. There's been a couple that I've shown with my cover protest. Uh, and it's all related. All of it is related. The reason I'm not sharing things is twofold. One is I can't protect my work. So the ones that I am sharing, I'm plastering this cover protest watermark over it uh, to further spread awareness and also protect my work since people have already ripped off the Atre Dupre Spatial and tried to sell it on Etsy and uh, try to post nfts on OpenSea or whatever and i can just hear the artists now like oh see he wants to he wants to say that he doesn't want his work scraped off the internet (laughs) and that's so true it's like i never said that i didn't feel or have sympathy for your situation but the only difference is I didn't consent to it. Oh, no, like you want to th- you want to say that you didn't consent. But look at all these platforms, Facebook, Google Drive, Apple, anything Apple, um, Instagram. I mean, you name it. If you're sharing it so that other people can see it, these tech companies aren't stupid. 
they're having you sign or agree to uh, terms of service or terms and conditions. And within that fine print, as much as you don't like it or think it's unethical or whatever, you agreed to them using it this the exact way that they did. And, of course, there's going to be some outliers there like, oh, well, this wasn't consented to. And it's like, okay, well, that's the exception, not the rule. Like over 90%, 95 plus percent of all of the material that they're using to train these data sets, they've procured legally. So I'm sorry that you don't like that and you want it to be changed or whatever, but we don't have any take backsies, right? That's sour grapes, and that doesn't mean that I'm not opposed to us revisiting these agreements, but no one's ever asked me that. They just want to attack me. So, yeah, I want to protect my work, obviously. And guess what? The Copyright Office says that I didn't make it. So it, it lacks human authorship. Okay. <laughs> well, then, how is it that I am the only one that's in possession of these images and how is it that Midjourney is saying that I have total control and ownership of these images that proves it's not in the public domain, right? It proves that I am the owner of it. Whether you want to argue if I made it or didn't make it, I made it. Like, it's the Occam's razor simplest path to uh, acceptance and adapting and moving forward. I'm ranting. No, this is great. Uh, I think the copyright uh, issue is really hot topic and it touches upon a whole area of law that's not well defined. And I think uh, the, the <laughs> legal people have to figure out what all of this means and what the technology is. But I think you're, you're right in pointing out that recently there was a ruling where uh, if it's not, if it's generated by something like Midjourney, the uh, the artist doesn't have possession, which is well, it, it's um, yeah, frustrating. The, yeah, the USCO just released uh, into the Library of Congress a new document providing guidance for the registration of AI works, and they've really stumbled over themselves this time because they have essentially admitted that it can be considered to be created by a human author on a case-by-case -case basis. Excuse me? What? So they, they might be... So obviously we're in a copyright case with the USCO. We, are, we have submitted our request for reconsideration because Theatre du Prespecial was denied our copyright registration. I'm going to fight like hell to the very end, all the way to the Supreme court about this, if it need be. But I'm almost curious to find out if our arguments that we've provided, because my attorney is amazing. Um, our combined, um, approach to this seems to be starting to seems to being it seems like it's starting to reflect in what the copyright office is saying i don't want to say that like as an empirical fact but um in the guidance they have clearly made it made a um sorry um a, a stance that says on a case-by-case -case basis they'll determine whether or not the work was 100% mechanical reproduction or if it relied on the conception from a human mind to be formed I'm butchering the quote but like that in and of, that in and of itself reveals okay yeah obviously like you recognize that there is a a source a, a source of creativity behind the tool this would not exist without me right yeah, I would love to double click a little bit about you mentioned a cover protest. I would love to just yeah. double click on that piece a bit. So tell us more about that initiative. What is it? Sure. What have you put out there? How does it work? So uh, if you go to artincarnate.com and check the press release, you'll see um, how we're talking about this copyright situation. But also, there is uh, another blog article about the COVER protest. COVER is an acronym which stands for Copyright Obstruction Violates Expressive Rights. And 
I'm using it as a way to first spread awareness that the copyright office is denying people claims to their work based on this asinine idea that there's no form of human authorship in the work. Uh, and two, it's to protect my work because they're doing that, right? So it's like a double-edged thing. And it's frustrating. I just had... So I've only released two new space opera images, both with the cover watermark plastered over it. People hate watermarks. I hate watermarks. I don't want to be wa watermarking my work like this. But this is also the first time where... Uh, an artist or a designer, I don't consider myself an artist, but where we've, we're being denied the uh, protection and the remedies and the legal um, recourse that everyone else is based on this false assumption of how whatever misguided information that they have, that I don't think they understand how the technology works. It's not copying anything. Um, so I've released these two new pieces with the cover watermark over it, and one of them was to ABC Australia yesterday. He's doing a piece of about tips and tricks on how to use Midjourney or whatever. And he was like, can you share with me like the lineage of Theatre du Spatial? Like show me like part of the, you know, your process, like, you know, iterations of the image. And I think he was asking for a lot more than what I was willing to uh to release at this time, but I did say, okay, I, I, I think I know what you're asking for. Let me see what I can do. So the parent of the parent of Theatre du Prespacial is uh, uh, Queen Queens of the Celestial Light in Italian, and uh, I'm still I'm not I'm not I don't speak Italian. <laughs> So I'm not going to try to pronounce it right now. I'm still practicing. But um, I plastered the cover uh, protest across it, sent it to him. And I, and I said specifically, you can notice right away that the watermark is on it. I'm not going to change it. And he came back with saying, well, hey, can you make it just a little bit smaller so that people can, you know, see it better or whatever? And I said, no, because... And I understand that that's frustrating. And here's the point. Yeah, because it's frustrating when you, your work is being obstructed. Like, it demonstrates that how frustrating something that's obstructed from, like, whatever it is, whether it be your view, whether it be your pursuit of progress, pursuit of a new career, pursuit of new technologies, whatever it is, the Copyright Office is this obstacle that's standing in the way. And I'll fight it till we win. Is there something, how do we follow this? If for anyone who's interested, is there a way to stay up to date? Yeah, there's a couple ways. You can go to jasonmallen.com. M is for Michael. So jasonmallen.com. You can sign up for news updates and press releases and um, news about our store that's coming up very soon and the follow up piece that we yeah are working on that's uh unbelievable but there's also artincarnate.com where i post blogs i'm getting into the rhythm of all this and we'll uh be sharing all these stories uh like you know it's just there's so much stuff so much that um we could go into so. I would love to know your thoughts around <clears throat> this. A lot of this, I mean, this technology is relatively new and the way that it's going mainstream. I think the actual breakthroughs, some of the breakthroughs have been around for a while, but it's only now that people are getting their hands on it. I would love to hear how you think about, you know, how it's going to develop, what's going to be next. Yeah. So we're going to see the, the realization of Jean Baudrillard's transparency of evil simulation and simulacra where there is no longer a line between the real and the hyper real and the and the simulation hyper real so i don't know if you're familiar with his philosophies but it's essentially what the matrix was um created by you know like what it was relied on simulation what is it called simulacra and simulation jean baudrillard's book i'm probably butchering his name 
anyway, he talks about how everything is a copy of a copy of a copy. He is the one that, um, in my experience, was the first to uh, reveal this philosophy that art is dead. And it's because there is no, no meaning anymore when you can no longer decipher between the real and the simulation, right? Um, uh, we're not going to get into a deep philosophical, philosophical discussion right now, but he calls that the hyper-real. And what we're going to see is the manifestation of the hyper-real. We already, we already kind of know what that is and what that means. Um, we're uh, going to see the ultimate manifestation of that by being unable to accurately determine whether something is made through purely organic human means or through some because no one's going to be able to tell if it was made using AI or not in a very short period of time. We're already starting to see, see that. People are creating photos on MidJourney and people don't know if it's real or not. Like, that's already a thing right now. Now imagine if it were everything to a much more severe degree. I don't mean to use uh, derogatory terms like severe. Like, it's just a much more... I think it's amazing. I think it's great. I, I don't have any problem with it. But people are always very concerned. You know, like, it needs to be looked at like a threat because, you know, survival is in our best interest. Uh, I don't. I don't look at it that way. Um but in the far future, we're going to see like inception levels of manifesting our reality uh, through pure thought, watching our dreams unfold before our waking eyes. Uh, maybe that's through Neuralink and uh, who knows what else. I, don't, I mean, who, you know, ultimately, this is what I've been telling people that the, the um, entertainment content, video games, movies anything you can think of eventually will be curated, not just curated. It will be individualized to your every possible desire, like your every whim or like everything, all everything that you consume will be customized to you specifically, just you so that you're seeing exactly what you want to watch. You're seeing ex playing the game, exactly the game you want to play. And then you'll be able to share that with other people. Right. Um, we have not seen that yet, but I see that very much so happening. That is, that is amazing. I actually had a, exactly this conversation with a friend yesterday yeah. around the same idea and how that might evolve in the future. The hyper personalization is kind of how I think about it. Right. Um, that's, that's tailored. And I think the implications are super interesting, especially for, for health, for art, for all different domains of human endeavor. Um, Jason, this is this is a, such a fantastic conversation. Uh, if you if there's one thing you want people to to take away or remember, like what what would it be? Yeah, so I did a book study with ChatGPT four on the mission of art by Alex Gray. Okay, uh, I have that book actually just over here. Um, I've thumbed through it. I didn't. I haven't read the entire book, but I, I've read a lot of it. And I wanted to see, essentially, if what we're doing as AI artists uh, fits in with his teachings, right? So Alex Gray is a prolific, impactful, respected, highly intelligent, very talented artist. I think he's still alive. I'm sure of it. Um, and this review is just a one-page review of the entire book. And what I would want people to realize is if I just went over this, is that okay? If I read this, it's just like a one-page thing. Um, the Mission of Art by Alex Gray is a thought-provoking exploration of the role of art in human evolution, spirituality, and transcendence. The book delves into the transformative power of art and its ability to connect us with higher states of consciousness. Here is a summary of the main messages and overall conclusions reached in the book, which is, which is what I asked for ChatGPT4 to do. Uh, number one, art as a spiritual practice. Gray emphasizes that creating art as a spiritual practice can lead to personal growth, healing, and self-discovery. 
He believes that art can be a channel for expressing the divine and exploring the mysteries of existence. Now, this plays right into what I was talking about. I feel like we are latent space explorers, okay? If we could go beyond the hyper-real and break through to a point where we're finding even more meaningful experiences that we didn't even know was possible uh, by exploring latent space, like a miner that finds that golden nugget when we finally, you know, share that with people and find ultimate unknowns, that's amazing, right? So we cover this. Like, that's definitely uh, something that we're doing. And it's also personal growth, self-discovery. That's all very possible with AI. Number two, the evolution of art. Gray traces the history of art, illustrating how it has evolved alongside human consciousness. He highlights the importance of visionary art, which has the potential to inspire and awaken individuals to new levels of awareness and understanding. One of the first, well, not one of the first, but one of the many people that approached me about a Theatre du Spatial after I won was a lady that told me that she had recently, her father had recently passed away and she hadn't had any form of happiness or semblance of normalcy in like two months since her father passed away, which is of course very sad. And she said she ran into my piece and she said it was the first time she had felt happy in over two months. She goes, it evoked such a nostalgia, reminded her of reading sci-fi books with her dad and watching science fiction movies and fantasy. And it's like, that's really special. That If that doesn't make me an artist, I don't know what does. I don't care if I'm an, a labeled as an artist or not. But all I'm demonstrating here is this is a way to inspire and awaken individuals to new levels of awareness. We cover that. Number three, the transformative power of art. Gray argues that art can facilitate personal and collective transformation by connecting with the creative process and engaging with the works of visionary artists. Individuals can experience profound shifts in their consciousness and worldview. I don't even think I need to elaborate on that. Like this has shift profoundly shifted our consciousness and worldview. I, I essentially opened Pandora's box <laughs> last year and I'm glad that I was put in this position to be the guy to have done so. Uh, number four, so we cover that as well. Number, there's only two more points. Uh, number four is the role of the artist. The book underscores the importance of artists as spiritual and cultural leaders with the ability to inspire change and promote healing in society. Gray encourages artists to cultivate their spiritual and creative potential to th fulfill this vital role. So he's saying artists are playing a vital role in inspiring change and how we're important as spiritual and cultural leaders. And this is, I mean, I feel, I resonate with that. I feel like, you know, I'm contributory to that. Is contributory a word? Number five, the last one, not really playing into the AI as much, but it's still, it's because this is more of a, a call to action that he has at the end of the book. So it's not really like a point to satisfy. He says, number five, Techniques for creative development. Gray offers practical advice and exercises for artists to develop their skills and tap into their inner creative resources. Inner creative resources. He emphasizes the importance of meditation, visualization, and other spiritual practices in nurturing an artist's connection to the divine. Overall, Mission of Art presents a compelling argument for the spiritual significance of art and its potential to transform individuals and society. Notice, he never said... And any point, now when I say he, I'm obviously talking about ChatGPT4's review of it, but he never says you need to use XYZ tools, you need to, you know, paint this way or use this technique or approach uh, anything like that, right? He's not, he's not talking about technique, he's not talking about tools, he's not talking about, he's talking about you, he's talking about me. He's talking about this, our mind, our visual, you know, bringing your vision into form, you know, like your vision creates reality. That's all of us. And we're here in it together. Why is it such an issue that I choose to share my imagination in one way versus an, a, a person choosing to share their imagination another way? If you've made something that you 
conceptualized, which is part of the creative process and using AI as conceptualization and you're finding keywords and the best way to, it's like you're a storyteller and then it's manifesting on, you are like, and then you fine tune that process through iteration, et cetera, et cetera, until finally you've discovered that golden nugget. You're a latent space explorer that you've found what you're looking for. We're all on this mission of discovery. Why can't we just admit that that's how all of us are experiencing this together? <laughs> so the ultimate point I'm saying is, yes, it's art. Yes, we're artists. Yes, we made it. Please, can we move on? <laughs> no, I love it. I love this. This is such a, a, a great summary of the what's really at the core of the conversation, I think. And, and the way the way I interpret everything you just said personally is just art gives us meaning. And now we have all these new tools to to basically evolve and be better at being human and develop our imagination and the possibilities that are mm-hmm. out there for us. So, um, yeah, it, it's very inspiring for me. It, um, amazing. Thank you, Jason. This has been a fantastic conversation and I can't wait to see all your upcoming work. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. Any last words? <laughs> So keep an eye out. Um, go to artincarnate.com. Sign up at jasonmellon.com. There's going to be a massive push in the coming weeks uh, with what we're doing. So it's going to be very sudden and very abrupt. And <laughs> it's going to be, I would love to tell you what it is. It's a first of its kind. There's a technology that is being underutilized right now that's not uh, very widespread. In fact, there's only four locations in the world that can do what I'm doing to create this project. Um, and there's only one in all of North America. So when the people that have this technology and the only ones that are licensed to do it or have it at all, tell me that I'm creating the first of its kind, I believe them. So I want people to keep an eye out for the, the launch of this because it is the most magnificent thing. That I've ever made and I'm I'm not being hyperbolic about that I'm so excited about it I can't I can't I can't even I can't tell you I can't express it you'll see it's, well, it's I, can, awesome. I can't wait to see it so so stay tuned everyone uh, well we have some amazing things coming up um, thank you so much Jason it's been so great talking to you today Awesome. Yeah, thank you, Natalia. It was a good interview. I enjoyed this talk very much. All right. Take care. Bye. All right. You too. Bye-bye.